A flaw that everyone has is that we judge other people, not all to the same degree, but without knowing it, we make snap judgments about others based on what we think we know. Sometimes these judgments are right, sometimes they are wrong, and sometimes these preconceived ideas we have of others can be dangerous, especially when those people need our help. Today, we will talk about how judging others majorly hampered a missing persons investigation as we uncover the unsolved disappearance of Claudia Lawrence. Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of Uncover True Crime Podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a different unsolved true crime case ranging from missing persons, unsolved murders, Jane and John Doe's and suspicious deaths. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify and other podcast streaming apps as well as on YouTube by searching Uncover True Crime. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod and on Instagram at uncover true crime pod. I want to let you all know that I have created a Facebook group for listeners of this podcast. It is called the Uncover True Crime Discussion Group and I will leave a link to it in the description of this episode. In this group, I hope that we can spread awareness to cases other members haven't heard of, meet new people and speculate about cases in a respectful way. So if you're interested in joining, either follow the link in the description or search for Uncover True Crime on Facebook and I hope to meet you over there. Before we get started on today's case, I want to talk to you about Buzzsprout. When I decided to create this podcast, I had no idea where to begin, but Buzzsprout made everything so easy because they believe that podcasting isn't hard if you have the right partners. Buzzsprout is a podcast hosting site which will get your show listed on every major platform. You will also get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast and how your show is growing, tools to promote your episodes and more. I use Buzzsprout and I have found it so easy to use and their team are so helpful whenever I've had questions or ran into any technical issues. If you have ever considered creating a podcast, let me tell you that if I can do it, anyone can do it. All you need is the gear you already own, a quiet space and Buzzsprout. Following the link in the description lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up to a paid plan and help support the show. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message to the world. But without any further ado, let's uncover the unsolved disappearance of Claudia Lawrence. Claudia Lawrence was born on the 27th of February 1974 to Joan and Peter Lawrence. She had a good upbringing, was raised by a middle-class family in Malton, located in Yorkshire, England, and had a very close relationship with her sister Ali. Ali described Claudia as a free spirit, while Claudia would tease Ali about being a goody two-shoes. When she left school, she pursued her passion for cooking and studied catering at a local college. She worked in a few different pubs in Malton before moving to York in 2005 where she bought her own home on Hayworth Road, approximately 18 miles from where she'd grown up. She worked as a chef at the University of York's Goodrick College and by all accounts was very popular there. She would perform tasks well above her pay grade without complaint because she was that passionate about her job. She showed no signs that she was unhappy and everyone around her seemed to like her. 
So when she didn't turn up for her 6am shift on the 19th of March 2009, her friends and family instantly knew something was wrong. She hadn't been seen since the previous day and after no one could get hold of her by the 20th of March, she was reported missing and she has never been seen or heard from again. The day she was last seen, the 18th of March 2009, she left her work at 2.30pm and proceeded to walk through the university campus. She was last seen on CCTV near Melrose Gate where she posted a letter, then was seen heading towards her house. She lived around two and a half miles away from her work and as her greeny blue Vauxhall Corsa was in the garage at the time, she would walk the two mile journey to and from work, which would take her approximately 48 minutes. Shortly after she was seen on CCTV, she received a lift from a colleague who dropped her off outside her house at 2.50pm. Their name was never released, however it is not disputed that she made it home safe that day so it's unlikely this individual was ever a suspect. She left her home for unknown reasons shortly after being dropped off but returned 15 minutes later. What Claudia did for the rest of the evening is unknown, however she did text a friend back and forth that night with the last text she sent being at 8.23pm. She called her mother at 8.30pm to arrange plans for Mother's Day. Jones said that her daughter sounded normal and she'd said she was going to bed soon as she started her shift early the next morning. Her friend texted her back at 9.30pm but Claudia never answered this text and police claim she never even read it. Now, I might be wrong here, but I don't believe mobiles in 2009 had the software to detect whether or not a text had been read. However, as they have came out with this information publicly, I would assume there is some way they know that she didn't open it, as opposed to just opening it and forgetting to reply. The only reason I mention this is that this detail could be the difference between police knowing if she was harmed on the evening of the 18th or the morning of the 19th, but I'll continue. As I said earlier, she didn't turn up for her shift on the 19th and when she didn't meet friends for drinks later the next evening as planned, she was reported missing by her father. Detectives searched Claudia's home soon after her father reported her missing and according to them, nothing appeared to be out of place. There were breakfast dishes in the sink, her bed had been made and her phone and rucksack that contained her work uniform were not there, indicating that she left for work on the morning of the 19th. There was no sign of forced entry or a struggle and her bank cards, passport and jewellery were all found within her home which pretty much ruled out the possibility of a robbery. Her Caramore rucksack was blue and grey and her phone was a Samsung D900 and neither have ever been located. Mobile phone towers confirmed that her phone was deliberately switched off at 12.08pm on the 19th has never been turned on and this, along with that rucksack, have never been located. Claudia's mother Joan was not immediately notified about her daughter's disappearance as she and Peter had divorced over a decade earlier and were not on speaking terms. As a result, Joan was never asked to come to her daughter's home during the initial search and only saw photos taken of the house years later. In one of the photos, she saw an old-fashioned pair of slippers which didn't look like something her daughter would have worn. She also claimed that the house looked a bit too meticulous and was not the way Claudia would have left it. She stated that it appeared as though someone had gone through her house thoroughly and cleaned it. 
Nevertheless, as there was no sign of a struggle or forced entry, her home was not treated as a crime scene. One thing I found really interesting but only saw mentioned in one article was that her hair straighteners were missing. Police said it would have been unusual for her to take them to work with her. The only scenario I can think of to explain this is that because she was due to go on a night out that evening, maybe she was planning on getting ready at one of her friend's house and took them for that reason. If this is the case, you'd think her makeup bag would also be missing but I don't know if it was ever found at her home or if her makeup bag was something she usually would take to work with her. I know I do. None of her friends have ever said that they had plans to meet up with Claudia before going to the Nags Head pub that evening. It's just a thought I had as to why her straighteners weren't in her house. Another thing they discovered in her home was a large amount of hair dye. While Claudia did dye her own hair, the amount they found led police to believe that she was planning on dyeing someone else's hair. This information might sound very trivial, but police just want to get in touch with as many people in Claudia's life as possible. Detective Superintendent Malin commented on this, saying, quote, There is a possibility that Claudia may also have been colouring another person's hair. If you know about this, or it was you, please come forward now. Unquote. When they looked in her car, they obtained fingerprints and DNA from an Embassy Regal cigarette butt that had been smoked by a left-handed individual. And as of July 2020, police have not found out who that DNA belongs to. They only know that the DNA was from a male who is not currently in the National Criminal Database. The fact that a cigarette butt was found in her car struck her family and friends as bizarre as she hated smoking and wouldn't ordinarily let people smoke in her house or her vehicle. But I have seen certain reports that contradict this, saying that there are certain people Claudia would let smoke in her car, but the general consensus is that this is not something she would have allowed as smoking made her feel quite uncomfortable. After the public became aware of her disappearance, the police started to receive tips in her case. A few days before her disappearance, either on the 10th or 13th, a motorist who was stuck in slow-moving traffic saw two men acting suspiciously outside her house. One of the men was described as being Asian, stood at around 5 foot 8 inches tall, was slim, had a pointed nose, bags under his eyes and looked to be in his early 20s. The witness couldn't make out the race of the second man, but said he was taller and heavier built than the first man and had short dark hair. They tried to open the door, although it is unknown if they had a key or not. Police were curious to know if any men matching this description had knocked on any of the neighbouring properties, however nothing ever came of this lead and it is still unknown who these two men are. On the 18th of March, the day Claudia was last seen, a man carrying a bag over his shoulder was spotted on CCTV at 7.15pm, walking into the alley behind Claudia's house and returning out the alley the same way he entered just one minute later. When he came out the alley, someone passes him on the street ahead. The man stops until the passerby is out of view and then continues walking. Police have acknowledged this behaviour is bizarre and it looked as though the man didn't want anyone to see him there but why? This has never been answered and we don't know who he is or if he is even related to this case. A white Vauxhall Astra van was then seen outside Claudia's home at 9pm on the night she was last seen and stayed there for around 30 minutes. A jogger claimed she was quote-unquote accosted by the driver of the van either that night 
or the day after, but I couldn't find out exactly what happened here as accosted could mean a number of different things. The van and its driver have never been identified. The next day at 5.07am, CCTV picks up a man walking into the alley behind Claudia's house and again returning the same way he came less than a minute later. It is unknown if this is the same man who entered the alley behind her house the night before and the man or men have never conclusively been identified. However, when this CCTV clip was released to the public, someone came forward and claimed the man seen at 5am on the 19th may have been Richard Cartwright. He owned several properties in the area and it wasn't unusual for him to visit them early in the morning to maintain them. Again, it has never been conclusively determined if he was the man in the CCTV as he died of natural causes on the 9th of April before police ever got to question him. Two of his properties were searched but according to DS Ray Galloway, this was quote, just one element of the process of eliminating him from any involvement in Claudia Lawrence's disappearance, unquote. His family have said he did not know Claudia and was never a suspect in the investigation. And since very little seems to have come out of this lead, I think it is unlikely he is responsible for Claudia's disappearance, regardless whether he is the man in the CCTV footage or not. On the 19th of March at 5.35am, a cyclist said he saw a left-handed smoker talking to a woman on Melrose Gate Bridge, which would have been on Claudia's usual route to work. The cyclist said that it appeared as though they were having an argument. He said that the man he saw was around 5 foot 6, quite skinny, was wearing a dark coloured hooded top with the hood pulled up and dark combat trousers with pockets on the side. The woman, thought to be Claudia, although this has never been confirmed, had mousy brown hair and was wearing a blue waist-length jacket that had both buttons and pockets on it. Detective Superintendent Malin said, quote, Despite numerous high-profile appeals, neither the man or the woman have been traced. We believe it is important to repeat the appeal for any information that could identify these people. In particular, the man who smokes with his left hand could be significant to the investigation in relation to the male DNA profile found on a cigarette butt in Claudia's car. Someone out there knows who this man is and it's time they come forward." Unquote. Around 10 minutes later, an older style, light-coloured Ford Focus was seen outside Claudia's house. Later at 6.10am, a man and a woman were seen arguing outside the University of York where Claudia worked. Again, the man is reported to be a left-handed smoker, just like the man seen on the Melrose Gate Bridge. It is unknown who any of these people are, and police believe that the woman or women in both sightings is either Claudia or possibly a person of interest. On the 1st of April, around two weeks after she was last seen, a man told staff at a co-op in Tanghill, York, that he either knew Claudia Lawrence or used to work with her. They released a CCTV image of him and wished to trace him. I don't know if they did find him but that photo will be on my website and if you are watching this on YouTube the picture is on your screen now. If you know this man or if you are this man please contact Yorkshire Police. While this sounds like a good number of sightings for police to investigate they were all based off of incorrect information given to the public by the North Yorkshire Police. 
The police had released a photo of Claudia to the media where she had blonde hair and said that she had blonde hair at the time of her disappearance, but this was not true. It was confirmed by over 12 of Claudia's friends that her hair was in fact brown and hadn't been blonde for several years. And it is possible this mistake could have affected people coming forward with potential sightings of her. A month after Claudia was reported missing, her father made a public appeal on the popular British television show This Morning and on Crime Watch. Despite the amount of media attention this case received, no trace of Claudia was found and six weeks after she went missing, her case was reclassified as a murder inquiry. When police started to investigate Claudia's life, they found that she had a number of exes, many of whom were described as a quote, rogues gallery, unquote, and not the type of people many would have expected Claudia to be involved with. Many of these men refused to speak to police, and some outright lied about having a romantic relationship with Claudia, even though police knew otherwise. There have been rumours that some of these men were married or had criminal backgrounds and that that is why they were less than forthcoming with authorities. Police focus hard on this part of the investigation and imply that she lived some sort of double life that her friends and family were not privy to. During the Crime Watch appeal, police stated that a lot of her relationships were quote, complex and mysterious, unquote. Due to all the attention in the media regarding Claudia's love life, the public started to lose sympathy for her and became less interested in her case, branding her as some sort of scarlet woman. It is important to point out that Claudia was a 35-year-old woman and could live her life whatever way she wanted. She did not deserve anything bad to happen to her as a result of her personal life, but many seem to believe that she had invited trouble into her life and was somehow part responsible for whatever happened to her and this destroyed her reputation in the media. I would like to point out at this point that the media probably wouldn't have cared as much if Claudia was a man who had had romantic relationships with several women over the years, but anyway, I'll move on. The local police also didn't do much to encourage the community to aid in the search for Claudia, her possible killer or abductor. At least six people have been arrested in connection with Claudia's case and none of them have been charged. Police arrested them not because they thought they had hurt Claudia, but in order to apply pressure onto them so they would tell them information. As you can imagine, this had the exact opposite effect and made locals less willing to work with the police, frightened that their lives would be ruined by a false arrest. Claudia was a regular at a pub called the Nags Head, as were many people who lived in the area. It is thought that many of these pub goers know more than what they are saying regarding the men Claudia was involved with, but that they won't say for the reasons previously stated. It's hard to believe that after taking over 2,500 statements, searching 28 homes and 1,771 cars, that police are still at a loss as to what happened to Claudia. If police have any suspects in Claudia's disappearance, they have not released their names publicly. However, this has not stopped people from speculating what happened to Claudia or who murdered her. The first theory I would like to talk about is one that I personally find the most credible and that is that Chris 
Christopher Halliwell murdered her. Christopher Halliwell is a convicted murderer who is currently serving a full life tariff plus 25 years in HMP Long Larton for killing Shan O'Callaghan in 2011 and Becky Gordon in 2003. I'm not going to be talking a lot about Christopher Halliwell and his crimes in this episode as I fell down a huge rabbit hole when I was looking into what other crimes he might be connected to and I have decided to focus the entire episode of the podcast on that which should be coming in the next few weeks. What I will discuss though is what possibly connects him to Claudia's case. Christopher Halliwell was a taxi driver in the area when Claudia Lawrence disappeared. Claudia's mother Joan has said that she didn't feel comfortable with Claudia walking the two mile journey to work every morning and did encourage Claudia to get a taxi to work. Claudia refused this although it is possible that she changed her mind that morning. Personally, I doubt she phoned for a taxi before leaving her house as this probably would have came up on phone records. However, it's possible that Christopher drove by her on her route to work and he offered her a lift. Claudia may have either accepted this, seeing that it was a registered taxi and trusted him, or she refused, some sort of scuffle or argument happened, then he abducted her. Either one, in my opinion, is possible. According to Karen Edwards, who was Chris According to Karen Edwards, who was Becky Gordon's mother, a witness said that they saw Claudia Lawrence talking to Christopher Halliwell through the taxi window. I couldn't find exactly what date this happened, but I am assuming it happened the day that Claudia went missing. I want to make it clear that police have never commented on this sighting, and it's never been confirmed if the two people that the witness apparently saw was Claudia and Christopher. For this reason, I'm not putting a great deal of stock into this sighting. I am by no means saying that Karen Edwards is lying, but until police confirm this sighting, I just don't think we can assume it's credible. There is another interesting connection and that relates to the date that Claudia went missing. As I've said, she is thought to have been harmed on the 19th of March 2009 and exactly two years later in 2011 is when Christopher murdered Shan O'Callaghan. He did this by luring her into his taxi, driving her to a wooded area and then murdering her. Another connection that Christopher Halliwell has to this date is that on the 19th of March 2002, a woman called Linda Radle went missing. Chris Halliwell definitely knew Linda as he had done work on her house. People claim that he had an obsession with her and it's rumoured that they had a romantic relationship. Again, I'm not going to go too far into this but I think it's really interesting that all three of these cases happened on the same date. This is also the same date that Christopher Halliwell was dumped by a woman back in the 1980s. Again, I will get into all of this when I cover these cases in the next few weeks but I thought it was a really interesting connection. If Christopher Halliwell is involved in Claudia Lawrence's case, this does not explain the DNA found on the cigarette butt inside her car. Christopher Halliwell's DNA is in the National Criminal Database, so if it was his DNA, I'm sure police would know this by now. However, I just want to point out that we don't know for a fact that the DNA from the cigarette butt belongs to Claudia's murderer. It could just belong to a friend who'd recently smoked a cigarette in Claudia's car. We just don't know. As I said, Christopher Halliwell is currently serving a full life tariff plus 25 years, so the chances of him ever 
getting out of prison is slim to none. I hope that one day Christopher Halliwell develops a conscience and admits to any other crimes he has committed to give the families some peace. Whether Claudia's case is one of them, we just don't know, but with the information we have, I think this theory makes the most sense. Another theory is that Claudia is in Cyprus. Claudia is said to have loved Cyprus and visited the island many times. She had friends that lived and worked out there, one of whom was Simon Sammons, who was the friend Claudia was texting the night she was last seen. He says that she wanted to visit him in Cyprus but complained about not being able to afford it as it was coming up to peak season. From what I could find, she didn't have a holiday to Cyprus booked but many people talk about holidays that they want to take all the time. Somehow, this got twisted into people speculating she managed to smuggle herself into the country without her passport in the back of a van. Police did go to Cyprus to investigate the possibility she had started a new life over there and while several people did recognise her from times she had been there before, they found no evidence that she had run away to Cyprus to start a new life. A lot of people have taken this theory and ran with it and to be honest, I find it very far-fetched. Why would she run away to a foreign country and not take her passport, money or personal belongings but would take her work uniform and her hair straighteners. It just doesn't make sense that she disappeared voluntarily, whether to Cyprus or somewhere else. On the Channel 5 documentary Missing and Murdered that covered Claudia's case, her father Peter Lawrence spoke about this theory, saying, quote, I'm absolutely convinced that she didn't disappear off to Cyprus or anywhere else. She was not a mastermind or a master criminal who would have been able to devise a way of going abroad without using a passport or bank account or anything else." Unquote. Others believe that Claudia was a victim of sex trafficking and was smuggled into Amsterdam. An ex-policeman turned private detective contacted the Lawrence family and told them that he had seen her in Amsterdam. While I don't know if he offered his services to the Lawrence family, I do think it is possible this was a sick way in order to extort money from them. He didn't contact the police with this information, but instead reached out to them directly through their website, findclaudia.co.uk, which in my opinion is a weird thing for a former policeman and PI to do. Joan Lawrence believes that this is a possibility and believes that there might be, quote, some kind of white slave trade going on, unquote. While Amsterdam does have a very successful sex trade, and yes, human trafficking is a huge problem that deserves way more attention than it gets, I don't think it is likely in Claudia's case. Typically, sex trafficking victims are young, usually either children or young women in their late teens to early 20s. They don't tend to be women in their mid-30s. But while it is easy to speculate wildly, especially with so little evidence, the truth is that the only person or people that know what happened to Claudia Lawrence are the people directly involved in her disappearance. I hope, more than anything, that one day they will be brought to justice and her long-suffering family receive answers.
It has been over 10 years since Claudia disappeared and we still don't know where she is or what happened to her. There are many more questions than answers in this case and her friends and family are left in a state of limbo and can't grieve for her properly. Her friend Susie Cooper said, quote, If she is dead, then I want to know. I would much rather know the truth than still have hope. People are socially programmed to deal with death, but when someone goes missing, how do you deal with that? If Claudia has been dead 10 years, we haven't even been able to give her the dignity of a burial. I need closure. That's what her family and all the people who care about her need. Please give it to us." Unquote. When his daughter went missing, Peter Lawrence was stunned to learn that he could not sort out any of Claudia's financial affairs, i.e. cancel direct debits or pay any outstanding bills unless she was declared dead. Being a lawyer, he put his legal expertise and experience to good use and helped create Claudia's law, which helped him and so many other families with missing loved ones. Thanks to Claudia's law, UK courts can assign a guardian to manage the financial affairs of someone who has been missing for more than 90 days. Peter Lawrence was given an OBE for his services to the families of missing persons, and while this is an amazing achievement, he would give it all up in a heartbeat for a chance to see his daughter again, saying, quote, I wasn't expecting any sort of recognition for my work, but it was a bittersweet moment for me. If my daughter Claudia were able to know of the award, I'm sure she would be quite bemused as well as very proud, but I would give up all the recognition and accolades in a flash just to see my daughter again. Unquote. Now I'm going to give a very quick recap on Claudia's case. Claudia Lawrence was last seen on the 18th of March 2009 in York, England. She was 35 years old, had brown hair, brown eyes, stood at 5 foot 6 inches tall and was described as being slim. She was last seen wearing a white top, blue jeans and trainers and it is believed she left her home on the 19th of March at around 5am to walk to work at the University of York campus. It is believed that she has taken her chef whites with her in a blue and grey Caramore rucksack. This bag, her work uniform and her Samsung D900 which has since been switched off has never been found. If you have any information pertaining to Claudia Lawrence's disappearance, please call the North Yorkshire Police on 101, select option 1, then pass over any details you may have to the force control room quoting Claudia Lawrence. If you wish to remain anonymous, you can contact Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 and quote Claudia Lawrence, North Yorkshire Police. All photos and sources related to today's case can be found on our website www.uncovertruecrimepodcast.co.uk That's everything I have for you today. Thank you for listening till the very end. Please stay safe and have a good night.